Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. You can make it better than yesterday. It's a new day. It's a new day. New day. A new day. There's a way. You can turn it around. Trust me. There's a way out. There's more time. Just don't give up when the sun rises. New day. You got another chance. A new day. A new day today. Got another chance. If you want to join the conversation, you can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? I went to church this morning. And come on, church girl. Damn. I, w- I went to church this morning and we went to a white church. Well, I wouldn't say a white church. I would say it was predominantly a white church. And we caught like the last 30 minutes. And it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed the little 30 minutes that I was there. So, I mean, it's I started the day off good. So it's been it's been OK so far. Why y'all choose that home. church? Did you go with Z or by yourself? We went together. What you mean? Why did why, we choose? Yeah, why? Why was that church the one y'all chose to go to? Um, the church we were going to go to was um, I forgot what it's called, but anyways, it's downtown. So we woke up a little Saint late. John. Oh yeah, we were going to go to St. John, but we um we woke up late, so it's closer to us. So we went to it. It was like only like eleven minutes away. Oh. Was it like a, a farming kind of thing, church place? Or what you mean, a farming? Like LGBT friendly? Oh, I don't know. It was my first time. Oh, okay. oh so y'all just chose it because it was close. Yeah. Um. I think he said. I think he said he had been wanting to go to. But I don't know. I don't remember to be mm. honest. But yeah, because it was closer. Gotcha. Is this something that y'all normally do, or just something y'all starting to do? Um, we've been doing it, so mm. yeah, something we normally do. Oh, okay. I just had never heard y'all talk about it, so I didn't know y'all was going to church. Yeah, we've been going to church for a minute, like not consecutively. Like I don't go to, the, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I don't go to church every every Sunday, but sometimes. Um, so what? What's the frequency? Like the like the timeline. Yeah, like, are you going every other weekend? Are you going once a month? Every couple of months. Oh, okay. So, like, every two, three months. Something like that. I I really can't. I really can't give you a timeline, but, girl, it's far in between. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. I don't trust everybody. I be, I be trying to like make sure I'm in good, just good, a good space where it's it's no negativity and no weird ass energy. So. Oh yeah, that's why if I go to a church, I have to research it. I can't just pop up because I might go yeah. in there during during the time they on fire and brimstone, and I'm like, no, I need to. If it's a church that I that I'm gonna go to, I've been to St. John, and actually, I love my experience at St. John. Yeah, I love my over. experience at St. John. Um, um, I don't. I it just it just was a really really great time, and mm -hmm. but. Yeah, if I'm, I can't just go to some random church. I gotta, I gotta know what's up with them. <laughs> no, I gotta I get some kind of recommendation. Yeah, I feel you on that because me, me and my sister, like back in the day, probably not back in the day, but like ten years ago, we went to a church with my mama when she came into town, <laughs> and we went in there and they got to talking and we didn't research it. We just went in. And we was like, oh, it's a church, baby. We went into the Church of Science, darling. Now, What's that? like Scientology? Oh, Scientology? <laughs> yes, bitch. Oh, no. Girl, you want to revive? You want to do that Homer Simpson and back into the wood, back into them bushes? Like, oh. my mama was like, <laughs> y'all nah. y'all get yourself let's go. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. No. about to recruit y'all. Block us from leaving. I said, bitch, they don't do this a regular church. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, they were like, oh, they wow. were kind of like, you, no. well, not, not in the sense of blocking, but you know, like when somebody's trying to give you a sales pitch and they're very adamant, they kind of like block your way to like sell it. But we wasn't having it. It was like, girl, move no, out no, the way no, of the exit. No, no, we're no. trying to hit it, girl. <laughs> See? That is See? hilarious. See, that's why I can't be popping up. <laughs> I do y'all do y'all have um like gender like uh, queer, trans, LGBT affirming churches or LGBT or rather LGBT affirming black centered churches? Yeah, higher I, learning. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that Diamond um gave a really good example years ago of a really good church. I haven't, I still haven't went to that was um affirming but i don't know if like affirming to like specifically black queer people that would be not, interesting not um higher learning i said higher learning like the, like the Woo, come on, yes that's, that's what i said but Run. it's called, it's called higher, higher dimensions it's called higher mm. dimensions <laughs> higher dimension that's the i wouldn't say like it's it's the um I don't know. You know how there's always a church where all the black gays of a city go. That's higher. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. higher dimension. And that the, the uh, is it is dimension. it a Pentecostal church? Um, I don't really know. Like, I think more on the Pentecostal I want to say it. I don't. I don't really know. I don't really know. Be, because you know up in that space. All I know is that anytime you ask a queer Christian. Where they go, they always say higher learning. <laughs> oh, wow. High, higher, higher, higher learning? Higher dimensions. Why do I keep saying higher learning? Why do I keep saying that? Uh, higher dimensions, yes. Um, dimensions. Another okay. is uh, um, an affirming LGBT church. Which, but there, what's that? Is Unitarian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they are specifically LGBT affirming um yeah, um, I, 
Yeah, I dated somebody that was Unitarian when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I have anyway. I dated my the two white girlfriends I had were in high school. Yeah, that's very. I was exploring. <laughs> I was about um, to say, were they white girls? <laughs> yeah. And one of them, their uh, I think their dad was a minister. And the one way that I was able to hang out with them, tell them I was like, oh, I'm going with my friend to church. But on the 100 though, I was like, y'all believe in a lot of stuff, and I don't like. I don't know how I feel about that for me. For me, yeah. personally, because I think we Unitarian, it's like, you know, Buddha, Jesus, God. Whoever, yeah, they include you know? everybody. It's very <laughs> kumbaya, which is, you know, okay. I don't, mm-hmm. Yeah. But they were definitely affirmed it, like, in 1998. When the last time you've been to church? Uh, today. Today. Oh, you went to church, too? Y'all really going to church? I, 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 I have a very flamboyant black gay minister at my church. Uh, I go to Liberation United Church of Christ. And it is a very affirming black... It's not all black people there, but it's, um, you know, it's LGBTQ affirming. It was founded by a black gay dude, um, the current pastor, black gay dude, assistant. And, you know, it's anchored in you know, Afro-Christianity, traditions, liberation theology. So it works for me. You know, it's about five know. black people out here anyway. But it <laughs> So, you know, it, it works. Yeah. And we've been online, media online mostly because of the pandemic. Obviously, now we're in the pox situation. So, um, but yeah, no, it's cute. It's cute. You know, oh. I mean, yeah. So I've been going to church. Yeah. I never really um, go to church. That ain't really my ministry. Um, <laughs> but sometimes it's very, I want to say, hmm, once every other year. <laughs> I be, you know, sometimes I'll, I be wanting to get up and go to a church for the for the church experience it is not for no spiritual awakening awakening or it's not for solace in that regards it is for something because because i grew up in the church there's something about you a church kid it's that's real yeah something about especially and it's usually on an easter because you really get the full church experience mm. so the last time i went to church to go to church like i've been to a church for a funeral and, and or a vigil or something like that right um but to go to church just for the sake of going to church i went to st john downtown um houston and it was easter i was and i just love the 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 the, the is it not theatrics um I guess that's the like the ceremony and just like just the idea of getting dressed up, getting dressed up and going to church and the you know the musicality Mm. of the situation, Mm -hmm. um, the musicality, the the seeing everybody in their church clothes and hats and all that kind of stuff. It was I loved it. I loved it. It was a great experience. Do you have a church hat? I have a couple of church hats. Hey. <laughs> you know what? Honey, I'm a culture girl. If I'm going to be a church girl, I'm going to be a culture church girl. <laughs> so I'm going to have me a motherfucking hat, baby. I'm not a <laughs> church of God in Christ. <laughs> I've been thinking about that's crazy that you said that. Like, because I used to admire like the older women with them big mm. ass 
flamboyant hats and the suits and they're like, I'm just gonna be like, really wear it out. Powder, powder, powder right about here, right in between mm-hmm. the, the, the crevice of the uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, have y'all seen um, the believers Mm-mm. about the? Oh. Uh, it's like a, about the uh, all trans choir out uh, through uh, City of Refuge Church. Oh. Um, I think Bobby Jonathan. Bobby Jean, Bobby Jean Baker. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's primarily featured in there. Um, that was a really. Uh, I remember seeing that around the time, like not too long after it came out, and it was really, uh, you know, transformational to see an all trans choir because they, they, you know, once they got. Have you seen the diamond? I haven't seen it, but I know all of them personally. It's a really good film. Anyway, it was just cool to see trans people like sing it out. Bobby Jean Baker is from San Francisco. She is, um, she passed away, um, got to be like maybe seven, seven yeah, or seven eight years eight. ago. Yeah. Seven or eight years ago. Um, she got hit by a drunk driver on New Year's Eve and um, passed away. But um, we met years ago at this summit called Trans Faith in 2010 in LA. And we have been cool ever since. And we um, end up, there was another event that we were, we met up at in Charlotte. And she just was just a such a down-to-earth person and just a real-ass bitch. <laughs> and so we really became close and talked. And she just would be like, she's, you know, just an older trans woman that I really enjoy their, um, um, their counsel. I think it's so amazing, like, whether they be like straight or trans, when you're able to like, like talk to older queer or black people, it's and like like understand like their history and what they actually went through because we hear like you know you can only go so far with social media, but like actually hearing somebody's life story and the challenges they went through and the adversary that they faced and they were still able to be here, what, 90, 70, 80, or 60 years old, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful. It's a wisdom that you really can't buy. Right. Yeah. That's for sure. That's I don't have sure. that anymore. I don't have any... Um, any black, cisgendered, older women in my life anymore Mm. in the sense of like um where i have an intimate friendship with them Mm -hmm. i like there's tons of people that i know but i'm talking about that i sit on the phone and talk to and i don't have that kind of older woman anymore i used to but um they have passed away the ones i did Mm -hmm. was close to they passed away Mm -hmm. and so um I haven't acquired anymore. I have some that I like people that I like, but I'm talking about people that you like so much that you on the phone with them, you're talking to them, you you know y'all connect. Yeah. Connect connect. Um I know a many, but it's not m- many that I'm like, "Ooh, let's chit-chat on the phone." Mm-hmm. Um, to like Kiki. Yeah, and Kiki. I don't have that no more. I did have it in my in my er, my my twenties and early thirties, but I did I don't have it no more. So oh, I wish mm-hmm. I I'm gonna have to find one. I have to acquire a new queer yeah. black queer black woman friend, older older yeah. woman. Now I'm talking about 
you know, like 55 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would like to do that. I think that would be beautiful. I think you can always, new new friendships are beautiful. I think that, I think you should definitely make that happen, Diamond. It's something about that too, just being able to be on the phone like that. Talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three-way calls and shit. I have a couple of cisgender um, older black women that I can chit-chat with. Um, That's dope. Not, not queer, though. Well, I guess my aunt... My aunt, is she queer, but you know, uh, this is, uh, it's hard. I know this is like by erasure, but when you don't, it's hard. I know my, 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 my aunt has messed around before, but that's not her. She mostly dates men. I got you. I got you. So it's hard for, and she don't, it's not like she claimed to be LGBT. It's not like she's like, I'm a bi woman. She a free spirit kind of thing. No, I think that, no, I think that, uh, I don't, I can't really explain it without, I don't know if my explanation would be problematic. I, I, but I'll go for it. If you're offended, I apologize. <laughs> um, so I think my aunt is one of those women who grew up in church. There might have been some ideas in her brain to mess around with a girl, but because the culture, and that wasn't like she totally like boys but there was there was an idea of messing with girls that she just didn't explore maybe in her younger youth she got with a man who influenced her to explore now that she's older and that don't have the pressures of church she's a grown-ass married woman got her in in cahoots with a girl that she liked and they had a threesome with her husband and her and the girl stayed dealing with each other. But men are her common denominator. That's who she goes after. That's who she um, fantasizes about, who she uh, is always entangled with. Women, the way she described it, is just something, I guess it would be, I, she don't like women romantically. She likes them sexually with men. And so, but she doesn't claim to be, you don't, you don't hear my aunt saying I'm bi. You never right. hear her claiming that identity. Right, right. right. You, you will talk about her bi experiences, but that's not an identity that she claims. So it's hard for me to think of her. It's just like my own mother. My mother was in a relationship with a woman for a whole fucking two years, <clears throat> but we don't, in our brains, we don't think of her as a queer woman because she didn't identify as a queer woman. She didn't right. identify with being bi. She didn't identify with being a part of the LGBT. Even right. though technically, bitch, <laughs> you were with a woman for two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even if that was your, your only one experience, it was your experience. So how do we consider that? <laughs> but my mother thought of it like, shit, niggas, niggas, uh, was getting on my motherfucking nerves, so I tried something new, bitch. You know, that's how, that's how there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of cisgender, predominantly heterosexual dating black women 
I feel like that tiptoe with queer relationships for the same reason. Like I've heard that reason multiple Wait, times. Yeah. Being like men get on my nerves. I'm just gonna fuck with some women for a second. Like, Cause I'm not, I don't have to deal. I don't have to deal with this bullshit, and I'm gonna have some good sex, even though I really like dick. Like that's something I've heard, <laughs> heard from people, yeah. particularly in our community. You know what I mean? Like I don't know about white folks. I don't know about everybody else, but I definitely have heard that. What was you about to say, man? <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I was about to say men are the same way. They just can't vocalize it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. That is true. You hear that that excuse. Really? Yeah. These bitches be tripping, so I'm trying to do something new. Yep. For real? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the time, they be like, Client, I heard Clients will tell you that. Um, wow. Dude, yeah, dudes will tell you that. Yeah, they be like, you, I just, I just, y'all are better, y'all are more feminine, I like the way you I present think it's yourself. All bullshit. It, you know, they, they try to give you all of this, but I think, it, I think sometimes they, they can genuinely feel that way, and then sometimes it's some bullshit. It's, you never know with them. I you think really it's always some bullshit. They just, nigga, you just want to fuck around, motherfucker. You trying to put the reason and excuse on somebody else, but nigga... Other niggas get tired of bitches and go to other bitches. <laughs> other other chicks get tired of dudes and go to other dudes. You are choosing to go to something queer. So motherfucker, yeah. you queer. Stop trying to put it on yeah. everybody else. <laughs> it's you. You making a decision to yeah. explore. Yeah. And just yeah. and just say it like that. I'm exploring right. some other options. Or I'm, you don't have to use the labels. That's okay. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to um, use the excuse of them. Because honey, honey, if you know me, especially you come fuck with me, <laughs> honey, if you think them bitches got on your nerves, I'm going to get on your motherfucking nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an easy bitch today. <laughs> so if you thought you was gonna get something new over here, roll. <laughs> wow. wow. I mean, listen, listen. I learn something new from y'all every week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Remember, we had that conversation a while ago about uh, people talking shit within the community, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, we don't. I don't that's you would. Y'all both were like, oh, no, it's different over here. Like, like that's a whole different, a whole yeah, different, it's a whole different ball game of things. So I love it. I love it. I did not realize, like, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know dudes be out here. They're just more vocal on your side because they're allowed to be. Right. Women are more. Right. Also, lesbians aren't real. That's part of, like, the patriarchy. Uh -huh. <laughs> they're more free to be able to say that I messed around and why I did it, da, da, da. You're not gonna be, we're, me and Mia would be more privy to that kind of conversation from men, because men mm -hmm. are not gonna be that vocal, especially somebody who aligns themselves with cisgender heteronormative, that, that, the heterosexuality, you're not gonna get that honesty too much, mm -hmm. op openly. Right, I, I right. think it's becoming more free now, um, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I also think too, like people don't take lesbians seriously. Like the weight, the weight, the social shit. They'll be like, oh, if a dude messes with a woman, 
or do messes with another dude, that's given, there's way more, like you said, like, there's way more pressure than if a woman messes with another woman, woman mm-hmm. because a lot of people just are like, oh, that's just, you know. That's how women whatever. are. <laughs> right, right. You know, because the thing underneath for a lot of, you know, queer women, and even I would say for some trans guys too, we'll still get this, is, oh, you just need some good dick. Mm. <laughs> no, seriously, you know what I mean? So like, or you still they, they secretly still like dick. That's why they yeah. use dildos and straps because they secretly mm-hmm. still want dick. Exactly. <laughs> you want to be with a man, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody in my family knew my mother messed with a girl for two years, <laughs> but she, but nobody right. was making threats to my mom. Like when mm-hmm. my when my cousin Duke came out as gay, and uh, or bisexual, he would never say gay. He would say bisexual because he liked girls but didn't ever date girls <laughs> he was always about bisexual mm-hmm. but when he came out honey my uncles the the quote-unquote alpha males of my family were talking about pouring gasoline on them and throwing and setting them on fire the making like literally making threats like that they didn't do nothing like that but they it's were so making crazy. threats right making threats and and he better not come to our house with that shit and mm. blah 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 blah. But baby, any of the gay shit with the girls, they were they didn't give all of that a- aggression and didn't give all of that. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I'll say at least from my experience, especially someone that grew up in church and from a lot of folks I didn't that like grew up in church that were like gay girls, it's way more subtle the pushback. They don't want you. Uh, it's kind of like getting iced out. It's not necessarily going to be because it's embarrassing. It's not going to be public. So it's, I don't want you, like I have a cousin that was like super stud, super studly. And so it became, I don't want you around your cousin because I don't want you to influence your cousin or I don't want you to, um, you know, I want you to be lady like, oh, but it it was, you know, a lot, all that, you know, a lot of shit for especially black women, it's like in silence. It's very soft. You're dealing with the bullshit, but it's just not public bullshit mm. that you're dealing with. The the shade you might get from other women or other black girls ain't as vocal, but you get or ain't as violent. High. No, it's not as physically violent. Yeah, it's a lot of mental and emotional torment. Right, I can right, see that. and so it's like I, you know, you can get, you know, you. If people know you, they don't want to, you know, it's, it's, it's real. It's way more subtle. They don't want to be around you. They may not sit with you and include you in the conversation. It'd be shit. Yeah. Like that. Or, you know, like in my situation, I've been called a whole ass. Like, I, I think I mentioned, like, I had a roommate that was like, oh, I don't want to hear your nasty ass pussy eating dyke bull dagger bull. I'm going to kill you in your sleep. All this other kind of shit. Oh, I had to, I had to, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was a bull violent. dagger. It was very violent. <laughs> You know, um, and so I had to like move. I had to move out, right? Because she was like, I'm killing you in your sleep because you're a fucking dyke bull dagger bitch. And I was like, well, I guess I gotta go. <laughs> like, you gotta go or I gotta well, go. Wait, wait a minute. What you know? happened before she called you that? Like, were y'all so, cool? Like, how you was living with a bitch that would kill you in your sleep? <laughs> What's funny though, I'm glad you asked that, Mia. I lived in the dorms with my sophomore year of college, and I had this white girl's roommate that was calling me all kinds of black bitch all kinds of racist shit and i went through the process talked to the multicultural people the ra people the whole housing people to get a different you know to deal with it and she would still show up in those spaces on some racist bullshit. and so i had to fight to get my contract cut with the dorms 
after my, uh, you know, whatever, fall semester. And so I moved out. And before I moved in with anybody, I was like, hey, had a friend that another roommate. I said, listen, I'm gay, as in like lesbian, as in dyke, as in eat pussy, all that things. Gay. Are y'all cool with that? Yes. So I went, I did like a whole like, let's talk about it before I sign anything, come up in this house. So one night came home with a boo thing, you know, a little bit loud, a touch, right? Whatever. Wasn't that, wasn't that deep. Next thing you know, this girl went off, picked up the phone, so my mom picked up the phone. You know, your daughter's a nasty ass dyke, lesbian, bull dagger, pussy eating bitch, and da da da. Like, oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that kind of shit. You know, it's it's way more. It, 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 but what I'm saying is like, and these are white it, girls. No, these black girls. Oh. I went. I went from living with a white girl that was like racist as fuck, and would like me out my room, with that. call me all kinds of black bitches and shit, to living with two black girls who I said before I even walked through the door to like live there. Like, listen, I am gay. Is that gonna be an issue? Let's talk about it. Wooda wooda woo. One of them I already knew, and they were like, no, it's cool. So after that, though, I wasn't even there that long. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. You know what I mean? But my point is, she probably would not do that in public. Public. Do you get what I'm saying? It won't be, it wouldn't be necessarily everybody know kind of thing. It, it was mm. in the crib. Mm, you know, doors. behind closed doors, that kind of mm. shit. So the shit's there, but it's just, it just don't be as, um, yeah, it's just oftentimes it's just not as it's, it's it'd be like some cruelty shit. It don't necessarily be as for a present as what happens with a lot of shit that black women have to go through would be yeah. on the low, right? Yeah, and I just does, yeah. In my brain, I can't I can't remember a time that I saw a group like say I, we see some dykes walking down the street, and I've never seen cisgender straight girls say. Ugh, look at that motherfucking dyke. Um, we you beat your ass like and on the street be violent to just the just the seeing dykes. Right. I, I've seen men do that to gay men and gay girls. Mm -hmm. I've seen that in that regards, but I haven't seen I and just with my own eyes, I haven't seen sister. I've had people pull their children away, right? Like grab mm -hmm. their kids because you, because I look like a dyke to them, a bull dagger mm -hmm. to them. Like pull their little girls, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Move around their seating, like shit like that. Yeah, you know, shit like that. Yeah, it, that. yeah, yeah. And so it's it, it's it's kind of it's you know like with anything, it's just a whole bunch of microaggressions. Like mm -hmm. it don't be always these big things. So it's just kind of like this constant, you know, thing that you have to be alert around. You know, um, you know, if you, you know, if I would be around like a lot of straight women, you know, I would, you know, and they know I'm gay. Oh, I, God forbid, they think I'm looking at them in any kind of sexual manner. So I have to be alert about that kind That's of shit. That's across the board. And, yeah, but you, know, but you know what I'm saying though. Yeah. But, but again, because it's, it's, it, it's not necessarily like nobody's gonna outright be like, you nasty bitch. Nobody's gonna do that, right? And so it, it, it's that subtle. It's the subtle things and kind of getting you behind the back or behind closed doors or you know um you know family stuff like there's like you're riding way more than what people see from your mother or your aunties or you know the women in the family who expect you to be a lady right 
you know. Um, but a lot of times that doesn't get out the house because again, that ain't their advice business. Right. You know, um, so it's way more it's way more on the low. But it'd be some bullshit. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So if y'all are listening, tell us, do you have older queer people friends? Do you have hashtag Marcus Play and let us know. Do you have older like mentors and um you know, people that you can call and have a kiki with that are substantially older than you? Mm-hmm. All right. Let us know. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Okay, so last week, a trans woman um, was kicked out of a ranger college uh, campus following allegations that she assaulted another camper. Parents say that the cheerleader choked the camper out in a a physical assault, but the cheerleader says that the parents are uncomfortable with her being transgender and that they are uh, they were there was never a physical um, altercation. It was just verbal on both sides. And so a lot of people have been talking about this. Um, well, I, I've seen it a lot in a, a lot of um, different social media platforms. Her name is Avery and she's she's 25 years old. She says that what happened was a girl on her team was was being very disrespectful and told her that she was a man and that she had a penis and that guys shouldn't uh, shouldn't be able to play on the team and she stood up for herself and she she and and the cheerleader called her mom and her dad and she was scared because she took up for herself um Avery go on goes on to claim that she never assaulted anyone and was only yelling so she doesn't know why she is facing any criminal 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 citations Later that night, Avery made a second post with a video. The video begins with Avery knocking on the, the door of the other camper involved in the, uh, the assault. I guess her name is Carly, C-K-A-R-L-E-I-G-H. Um, the video is also, um, the video is after the alleged incident happened. Avery is heard asking to come inside and apologize, but Carly says no. There are also other campers on the other side of the door in a dorm room with Carly and, and, and quote unquote, if anyone has a problem, come address it to my face like an adult, says Avery. And some of the girls on the other side of the door start saying, like, you're a man, you have a penis. 
The video then continues and Avery can be heard referencing the alleged assault saying she's barely, she barely touched Carly and she was only joking. Girls inside the dorm responded to this saying that Carly didn't find it funny and that she was terrified. Terrified. One of Avery's friends then sticks up for her and tells the girls in the dorm that they crossed the line. Avery ends the video telling Carly that there's no beef between you and me, and I'm sorry that I upset you. After the post went viral, garnering almost tens of thousands of reactions, um, KTAB and KRBC um, did an interview on Zoom. Um, I guess with her, with Avery to further explain what happened July 21st. So she says that there's an ongoing dispute between her and Carly. And after she went to apologize to Carly after the dispute, the, the first time that this was a separate incident from the video that was posted. The first one, Carly called her father and said that Avery assaulted her and choked her out. So her father called the police and the police and, and the police and her father arrived both at the college. When Avery was initially questioned by police, she says that they they asked if she put her hands on Carly and she told them no and clarified that she was only joking. Avery says that the officers, Carly and her father and her roommate all talked for about an hour before the officers returned and told Avery that there was not going to be any criminal action, um, any citations given to her. When asked about the citation, Avery did state multiple times that it was for a verbal assault. However, the news reporter obtained a copy of the citation and learned that it was for a misdemeanor citation for assault by physical contact. The the parents of the, I don't even want to say victim, but the the girl who who was basically uh, being transphobic, they said that to all my fellow humans, they made a post. Her father, um, Carly's father made a post on Instagram and it says this. To all my fellow humans, I ask you, would you have done what, what would you have done when receiving a phone call one o'clock in the morning from your daughter stating that she had locked themselves, that she had locked herself in a room with other girls after this person wants to fight and then proceeded to um, put their hands around my daughter's neck? But let's all remember the video this person posted could be edited or could not be edited and that they're going to basically I'm not going to read all this. But basically, he said he's going to find out the real um, the real team and get all the video footage that he needs to incriminate Carly because he feels like Carly. I mean, I'm sorry. Carly's his daughter. He feels like Avery is lying. So um, now um, Avery is trying to. um fight this citation because she feels like she's just basically being discriminated um, essentially for being a trans woman. And so I, uh, my question to you guys is, do you think both sides are wrong? Which side do you think is wrong? And then the, the next question is, what would you have done? Or how should this have been um, handled the correct way? I don't want to say who wrong or right. I don't have enough information to know who's wrong or right. Mm-hmm. In regards to the beginning of what happened, I've I read a couple of things of different just people saying different things and just her. I listened to her interview with the people, and then I listened to some of the people who were there responding to it, and then 
the I read the dad statement and it I don't want to say who's right or wrong because I don't really I couldn't really gather how this all started other than the transphobia. Mm-hmm. So anybody who is anybody who is right. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Uh, anybody who is being transphobic for no reason and nobody is bothering you and you just calling somebody a man or you shouldn't be on the team, then I think you're a bitch. But Avery didn't play this right. Avery, darling, this is, if you, I don't That part. You have to, if you go, so when you are in a groundbreaking, delicate situation and you know you are, you are a trans cheerleader at a Texas school. In the right. East Texas. In not East that far Texas. from Waco. Right. You are oh. in a delicate, you are in a delicate situation. So how you play these situations is very critical. Now, you know, I, I'm never going to be a, I'm a, I, I think anger I'm not a person that's against violence. I'm not a person that's against anger. I am not one of them people. I think it, anger is powerful. I think violence is actually what gets change to happen. There has never been any incident that has happened that, of change that has happened in this country without violence. I don't care what nobody saying. <laughs> violence is a, is, is a thing. And so that pushes buttons, pushes towards some shit happening. I'm a person who have been in that kind of delicate situation where I am doing something groundbreaking and I know motherfuckers are going to try to press my buttons. I know that they're just waiting for an incident to get me kicked out. They're just waiting for any reason, especially when you are dealing with white women they and this listen there have been too many incidents in our history too many and and i'm not talking about trans history i'm talking about black history there have been too many incidents where a white woman has played her damsel in distress card because they are the the only motherfuckers who can be damsels they can play their damsel in distress card like that bitch did with the dog in um the ramble the r- rumble or whatever in central park with the dude bird watcher dude oh yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they, they uh, carolyn bryant but i don't even want to go there but we and and there are going to be plenty of men ready and willing to harm you to be the savior of these yep. damsels in distress. Especially and it's, a young damsel. And it's not going to be, and it's not just gonna be, oh, you did something. It's going to be, you shouldn't be here anyway. It's right. not, it, you shouldn't be here anyway because you are a man to us. Because you are a trans woman, your identity. You're a black trans woman. You are a black trans woman. They are you in their brain. You are a man. And so how they're going to respond to you is how they would a man. And they're going to think it's okay. So if her father (laughs) wants to have a reason to bat you because you're threatening his daughter, this is the excuse because he knows, just like his statement said, he knows that um, he's going to be to the public eye right 
because that's my daughter. That's the card he's going to play. And you know that's the card he's going to play. Okay. If you're a trans person, you're not a 16-year-old trans woman. You are a 25-year-old trans woman. You know the situation you're in. There is no way I'm going to be joking about putting my, my, my hands around a bitch neck that I'm arguing with that's calling me a man, saying I shouldn't be in there, even if I am joking. I'm not, you You don't do that. That is stupid. It's it stupid because it gives them an excuse to make you the aggressor. It gives them, it, it don't matter if they were bullying you, calling you all kinds of faggots, he, she, hims, blah, 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 blah. However, they, you a man, you a man, you a man. As soon as you turn up on them bitches, it gives them the license to go say, oh my God, I'm scared. Let me go into this room and play, call my dad. And, uh, you, all that shit. You were being to me, this is my opinion. You were being too motherfucking aggressive in that situation. Cause you were the person that was in harm's way. Not Listen, Kylie. You can't do it white trans people do. Hold on. No. Hold on. Let's just take a moment. Black people. Black trans people, black trans people who are on college campuses, predominantly white, historically white institutions and caught up in the LGBT organizations. All of it. You cannot do what you cannot act like entitled white trans people. You will mm -hmm. not get the same result. Black people who live in suburbs, black people who, live, who are a part of that kind of social structure, culture around what it means to be trans. And also remember that that shit is a social construct. So it is definitely centered in a particular type of social construct related to whiteness and what that means too. How we even the language we use. But your blackness does not disappear. Yeah, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get the same results. <laughs> and then not only that, the gag like you you're 25 years old and she's only 17. That's gonna, you that's are, gonna be a thing. That's you're, so you're many whole ass adults. <laughs> There is many variables where, baby, you were not, they don't care. I don't care how transphobic they were being. You were not in a position to play it how you were playing it. No, not, not saying that you were mm -hmm. right or wrong, mm -hmm. but what it is, is you are in a delicate situation that you got to play it a certain way. And aggression is not the way you should have played it. Cussing them bitches out, that kind of aggression, great. But ain't no way I'm going to be standing behind a door. And it's locked and banging on the door and motherfuckers is recording. So I'm looking like the scary big man banging on the door. Bitch, you this stupid. You can't be that smart. That is stupid. <laughs> the, just the optics of that. You yeah. the, the the white girls is in the in the room uh, with the door locked. The the skinny mini white girls. Oh my god, I'm scared mm -hmm. for my life. Come, mm -hmm. Dad, come help us. Mm -hmm. Ain't no way they gonna have me in on on tape banging on no fucking door. Come out. I barely touched her. Girl, what? Oh, how stupid do you, are you to be in that to let to let them put you in that situation? That's stupid to me. I thought I I just really Angry. watching this and then watching the interview with her. I'm like, you got to be stupid. You, 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 I don't know. It feels dumb. It feels, um, you are maneuvering, like Jay said, you are maneuvering like a trans white woman. <laughs> and you are not going to get that same grace. Like I shared earlier, I had the situation in the dorms. 
The white girl took the shit off my wall. She threw, locked me out the door, stole my keys, called me all kinds of black bitches, damn near called me nigger. And I knew that the power balance and the power dynamics between the two of us, I couldn't just whoop her ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I knew that I couldn't threaten to whoop her ass. I knew from past experience as a dark-skinned black woman that my dark skinness already made me be perceived as masculine, aggressive, violent. You know what I'm saying? So like all of that, right? So you have to play it for what it is. Like. It wasn't, wasn't seen as vulnerable. Wasn't seen as a person who's weak, a person who could be having a problem. If you a black woman, cis or trans, particularly if you dark skin, you ain't getting none of that grace. None of that grace. Period. You are not the one being threatened, even, being if, you're, even if you're the one being threatened. So, but 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 yeah. y'all but y'all we take out um race and and gender. You're 25 years old and that part. 17. Regardless yeah. of your race or your gender or whatever, you are the most compared <laughs> yeah. to yeah. compared to her. I would have gave her very much so to stay in a child's place. And I'm going to get you together. I'm going to get the. I'm going to get you in trouble. You're going to be in trouble now. I'm going to get you apprehended. Yeah. I'm going to make an example out of you. Right, 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 right. I'm gonna turn. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna turn my camera on. There ain't no way. <laughs> ain't no way. Soon as I hear you're a man, my camera is going to be on recording. Yep. Soon as yep. there any type of form of aggression to me, I'm going to show you how these white bitches are treating me at this school. Yep. I'm going to constantly be recording. I don't care what's happening because you're not going to have me on a re on a being the fucking be aggressor. Aggressor right. on knocking on no fucking door. Yep. I'm going to be sitting there in my seat recording you call me all kind of man with a penis and man 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 you shouldn't be here you shouldn't be here and like mia just said i'm gonna get you you are gonna be the example i'm gonna get you that kicked part. out for harassing that me because they already have accepted me to be on this cheerleader team in with the first you. Place. so clearly <laughs> they down with me being here exactly. so they're all i gotta do is prove that you're harassing me right exactly i'm gonna exactly. sit here and record you say all the shit you're saying but That's you trying it. to be aggressive and bang on doors and tell her come out, the girl, you dumb. That's too, that's, right. that, that, that is that's that's doing too much again. I I understand that that what Diamond is saying, like that is a dumb move to make. But I do understand we all all of us handle our temper tempers differently. Some of us don't have um the the best self control. Um, and it doesn't matter who's saying what. And sometimes I understand that to a degree, depending on how upset you are. Who are her friends? How, who are how, her friends in her oh. life? Who she fucks with on a social level? Oh, I right. See. That's and that's why I said that shit about the college shit. If you are a black person who's the only black person, one of you immersed in whatever the fuck you're immersed in, you cannot. You know, when I started doing soccer and all that kind of shit, my mom was like, listen, you can't do what my kids do. She was, yeah, a whole conversation about it, right? Because now I'm involved with this shit. You cannot do and respond like a privileged fucking white woman did. You can't, you can't do that. You're not gonna get the same results. And it's not, it's to your detriment. You gotta work, you gotta work smarter, not harder, dude. 
like on the real folks like miss avery i'm so sorry you experienced that shit, but like like <laughs> diana amnia said like that ain't that ain't it it definitely as it de definitely is something that these people will use as ammunition it went viral oh yeah i'm just saying like people who hate trans people and i don't fuck shit gonna be on that anyway i guess yeah like regardless of this incident it's just, you that's know what the I mean? majority it's, of people just kind of cherry on top on the ice cream sundae that was already there yeah if that makes sense like mm -hmm. definitely you know mm. i just i don't know i just want you to make better decisions but if y'all watch the interview with her she did an interview about it with these this black dude and this um white girl i think or she could be latinx i don't really know um she did an interview telling her side of the story she doesn't have that personality jay the the type that you you said where's her community you can tell this is a type of person who doesn't um take listen i think this is somebody who has drunk the kool-aid of thinking that them being transphobic was going to save her from her aggression or justify mm. or justify her aggression. And it might have been she was white. She's not white. While, while <laughs> yes, right, them being transphobic is wrong, but your aggression is going to be the one that is taking, that's taken far because yeah. of how they're going to perceive you how all of that stuff they're waiting for that reason so i just think um you i think she believed the soft I, the, well she called me a man so i i'm i deserve to be aggressive and come at her um and be um and talk to her like an adult and i was just joking baby you don't get the luxury of just joking about violence that part <laughs> sweetie if somebody if somebody is yeah you, you don't get that you are a trans person you are a trans woman that that they feel is not supposed to be here because they think you're a man and so if that the ideology of what right. comes with the violence that comes with being a man and and all of those things sweetie they're gonna place that on you so you can't play around right. it's like a domestic it's like a domestic and violence you black. situation you black you dark skinned too exactly so you <laughs> no way sometimes she dark skinned cause <laughs> oh i saw a picture that she was dark skinned <laughs> oh it depends on the day it depends on the day. No, because sometimes it's two different. It's a couple of pictures of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for real? A little bit too much paint. I'm in for real. I know you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, one picture, she, she your color. And then the next picture, she my color. <laughs> so, oh, wow. <laughs> so. Or or her face, her face is my color. The rest of her body is your color. Oh, wow. So anyway, oh, but that's a whole other conversation. I can't I can't yeah, even talk, man, about. talk about that. But you are in this situation where you don't have the luxury of not of the violence. They are going to consider you violent. <laughs> and I was going to use the, the the um the situation of domestic violence. It's like if you're a man <laughs> and you are in a, a you're a dude and say you didn't even hit this woman okay say you didn't hit her but the it's uh, the argue argue arguing is aggressive your aggression 
as a man is going to be taught look totally different than as a woman ask a black trans man that's gotten his ass whooped about that one mm-hmm. sure come on and explain that so there's been a lot of scenarios that I've observed from different people dealing with uh, for a lot, you know, for, for black trans men. For, because the if the police are called and you're dating a cis woman and y'all get in a fight and she whoops your ass. Exactly. And, and she calls the police. They're going to say, sir, even if you don't identify yes. as a trans man, as a black trans masculine person, particularly if you have taken any kind of hormones that have masculinized your body and your facial features. You are going to be the one. The police are going to look at you. Even if you got your ass whooped, they're going to come at you first and think that you are the aggressor. God forbid you dark skin. <laughs> dark skin, yes. rather, as we say. Um, you know, folks are going to, the, the authorities are going to assume that you are the uh, aggressor often. Unless you're in a place, maybe I will say, like I'm in Seattle area, so, you know, the police have been trained supposedly around trans people and things like that. So, you know, if you're somewhere where you can feel comfortable enough to say to the cops, I'm trans, which most people do not, that's a little different. And even in them, that case, that don't mean shit either, right? Yes. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the norm, it, it's a thing. The norm of violence from men yep. does not put you in a good situation to be graced about violence if you are a right. masculine man assumed or man looking or even if you're a a masculine and a woman black woman yeah it depends on who you are against it depends this this particular incident is a black dark-skinned trans woman against a white woman sometimes dark-skinned you're gonna be the one against you're gonna be the one that's at the disadvantage when it comes to that masculine assumptions mm-hmm. and stereotypes and blah 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 blah. You are gonna be the one that's at the disadvantage. You could be a situation where there's a trans woman and a trans man, and they that I've seen this situation where there was a trans woman, trans man fighting, and they both in from my perspective, both of them were just in a relationship and wrong. And um when the police came they were on the trans man at first but soon as the trans man said that's not a woman that's a man that she was born a man soon as they weaponized her identity the police shifted to the trans woman i have seen these situations play out so it just depends on the people who you are who is observing how they are how they how they're going to respond to you is based on how they look at mm-hmm. you and being mm-hmm. that in that moment at first they thought he was the man so they went after him and then when it was when they realized oh you are assigned female at birth and you are assigned man at birth you're the man now right. <laughs> right. and this right. is this unfair in certain circumstances yes but the violence of men has put that stereotype associated that with men and we saw it in the um johnny depp and what what is her name um, but, but, but wait a minute diamond do you think it's the violence <laughs> oh well yeah you're right diamond violence of men in general not just black men in general not just yeah, no yeah. definitely not just black men yeah, um yeah. Violence otherwise, men otherwise we would otherwise we wouldn't be here having this conversation we'd be no. back on the continent at home. <laughs> we'd be at home with our cousins and shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, I, I just feel like she played this wrong. It just really wasn't smart. She play, I felt like you are in a delicate situation and you cannot play it like other people, but that's kind of all I have to say about it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, hashtag Marsha's play. And tell us uh, what you guys think about the situation, about the cheerleader, the trans cheerleader being picked off the team for transphobic um, comments and her being aggressive. So there was an article that came out um, and it's focused on the biggest culture shocks that uh, folks have had since they transitioned, um, socially transitioned for some, socially and medically for some, socially medically and surgically for some, socially medically, surgically and legally. All right, and um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna highlight some of the things that came up, and um, one of the, some of the things that came up was um, somebody said. You know, it was a big culture shock to be seen as like one of the girls and the culture that comes with this thing of being, quote, one of the girls around like going out and things like that. Um, another trans woman talked about safety and having like a heightened uh, concern around her safety that she, that she had, that her friends had more so before she transitioned. Um, for some of the, oh, another thing that came up for uh, some of the trans women and trans film folks was a lack of pockets in women's clothes. That was one of the biggest culture shocks that came up. Um, they were surprised that a lot of women's clothing does not come with pockets. And um, <laughs> yeah, this, I, I thought it was pretty fun. And then uh, for some of the trans guys, what came up in trans mass folks was the men's room. It's disgusting, which, mm. I concur. I also was like, what the fuck is this? Y'all don't even talk in here. This is random. What is life? Y'all are nasty. Um, and then um, <laughs> told to, quote, suck it up when it comes to mental and emotional health stuff um, because you're a man. Um, I could definitely relate to that, uh, particularly, you know, for some of the older Black men in my family who are like supportive. They're also like, girl, well, you said you wanted to be a black man. I don't know why the fuck you wanted to do that. Like, like you could have just been a lesbian. You could have just been a doc. Like, why would you choose this misery? So this is what comes with it, bitch. Like, basically, has been the reaction from um, some men in my life as well. Um, but yeah, I thought this was pretty fun. Are y'all, I mean, are you, oh, no, you're not friends. But, um, but anyway, so, so those are some of the highlights that came out of that. And I wanted to ask y'all, like, for yourselves, what has been some of the biggest culture shocks um, in your journey since you transitioned? And also, I guess, really, the first question is, can you relate to any of these things that came up? And then also, yeah, what has been um, some things that have, have, you know, have shocked you? It's been a long time. <laughs> oh, okay. So, well, are, there, are there new things, right? Like, over the well, years? Yeah. I, I was, okay. So, um, I would say it's, it's been a, a long time since I, I can remember like the beginning culture shocks. I can remember some of them. Like, I remember, I, I think one of the first um, shocks 
was the accessibility of things from men for no reason. Mm. It was like, like what? Like it was, but it was, but I'm not talking about money or sometimes I guess tangible things, but like, um, like favors, opening up the door, um, buying me lunch for no reason, like stuff like that, or or just that, um, just being treated that way. I think you, it was a shock, and um, I think what else was a shock was like I think what was really a big shock was, um being around a lot of my gay friends that were male and then we were young at the time so we like some of them were were just coming out also and and them being ashamed of me because I'm the trans out of everybody and but it was cool for them to be gay and some of them kind of like would come for straight people to be to get accepted and then apologize when we were by ourselves. That was a shock because I'm like, bitch, we all queer. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're gay. Why are you? So that was shock a shocker because I, I didn't think I didn't know that it was such an intersection. I thought that we were all together, and that definitely put me, uh, well, not put me in my place, but um, showed me that. About yourself, Donna. Um, it's interesting that we started this episode in a situation where we were examining violence and the difference, because that's really where the shock came for my own personal life. Um, I guess something small would be the pink tax, the mm-hmm. um, the idea of the pink tax. Anybody who know what the pink tax is, it's basically women getting charged more for stuff that is literally exactly the same as the men's stuff, but because it's made specifically for women, it costs more like razors. <laughs> right, the stuff yeah. like that, and so um, socks, socks that that gets that get that was weird to me, but um, really the violent stuff is really, I th- but that I don't want to say that that happened before transition. Like, I, let me give you an example. So everybody, well, I don't know if everybody knows, but I'm writing a book and I'm in the process of um, editing the book now i sent it to my publisher and they have sent it back to me for feedback that's a part of the process and you do the editing let me read this so this the part of this this is i this is the first time that i examined this difference this is a very very brief um paragraph but this is when i first examined it and realized it as as a kid i was like five um so i had a friend named marcus um marcus was what i would later in life call slow in school he was in special classes for the learning disabled as we climbed up grades this distinction would be more pronounced when we were young it didn't feel like it was pronounced at all but Mm -hmm. as we got older and older older i'd be like oh you're what i wouldn't use this language now because it's fucking ableist as fuck but when i was younger i was like oh he's slow (laughs) so um but at But at the age that I was, I could not tell that there was a difference between me and Marcus. Um, So we just played together. And at the time, I had two friends at the time, PJ and Marcus. There was a group of four sisters who lived across the street who would tempt me sometimes to play with them every now and then. 
when like PJ and Marcus weren't available. They were a little too feisty though. These girls love to hit <laughs> and I like to hit back. I didn't understand the rule in my mind, in my five-year-old boy's mind, I didn't understand the rule that said because I was a boy, I couldn't hit them because mm -hmm. they were girls. The mm -hmm. difference between boys and girls was yet another distinction <laughs> that would become more stark as I got older. And so I just that part of the, the and that's, I'm, that's, that's all I wanted to read, but it's that part. Those girls was the first time I noticed the weirdness in this because these were aggressive little girls who <laughs> would fucking right. punch me, who would do hit me in my head, hit me with bats, not like like real bats, but y'all remember them plastic bats that 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 growing them up, hollow ones, them hollow that you ones, like like baseball, softball, yeah. Bats. The little plastic little ball mm -hmm. with the holes they in it that you would hit. Yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> they will bust you, bust you in the head, and black my eye with one of them. Because if you hit a motherfucker in the in, in the right what? spot, yeah, she hit me in my head with that. Well, she was trying. She had been trying to wrap me, but when I'm moving, it hit me in my motherfucking eye and blacked my eye. So these little wow. girls weren't. They, it wasn't like they was just little delicate flowers. These bitches was aggressive and fighty. And so, <laughs> but if I would hit them back, boys ain't supposed to hit girls. Mm -hmm. It would be this whole weird thing. And so it, this was the first time that I noticed it. So how we were supposed, how I was supposed mm -hmm. to move, maneuver around violence and gender was a whole different, just a whole different scenario. Um, yeah. And even when I got older and was in relationships with men, my conditioning as a little boy, you got to understand, I was a feminine little boy who did not like to fight. I was not naturally a person who liked, I don't think anybody is a fucking naturally want to fight. You might right. be have a temperament of aggression, but I, did, I would avoid fighting. It wasn't until I got to probably like... Um, eight seven or eight that my mother was like look you can't let these motherfuckers bully you i'm not gonna let you let them bully you and that's when the first time she said you you might be a fag but you're not gonna be no punk mm -hmm. and she, this is this is when she said yo if you don't fight them back i'm gonna beat your ass mm -hmm. and it was just one of them things that put me in a situation where i don't want to fight but now i have to fight <laughs> right, 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 now right, I have right, right. to fight but also the blessing of me and that forced me to learn that if you beat some ass it'll stop the bullies it'll, it'll slow it down or if you especially if you beat some ass it'll, 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 it'll stop it for a, a minute till next year till some new people come to the school <laughs> so it was it was it, as a little boy I was encouraged towards violence period. So when I get in a relationship with a man and you do something to me, you be aggressive. You be, um, usually it's some kind of physical aggression, maybe not hit me, but you push me or you, um, hold me down or you do something. My natural conditioned reaction is to bash you is to fight you. 
don't fucking put your hands on me. Don't do this. Don't. It's my. Uh, I'm gonna fight you like a fuck. Like I've been fighting all my my youth, and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna have the gendered eyes. Oh, um, the fear of you as a man that that I think a cisgender girl might have. Do you mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna have that for you. I've been fighting boys and men all my fucking life. So I'm not right. going to have that fear. I'm going to come at, come at you with the full aggression that I know I can give you because I was conditioned to give you that. And so dudes would say, that's not how, they would try to say, that's not how women act. Bitch, I don't give a fuck if you think women go let you beat their ass. It ain't me. And if that, <laughs> and if that, if that don't make, if that don't make me no woman, just if that make you think of me less as a woman, fuck you, ho. I'm going right. to cut your ass out. You ain't going to be putting your hands on me and I'm not trying to fight you. Right. Period. Right. Period. Right. And so these type of rules around violence and around how I'm supposed to respond to certain things, which is why I said that about that girl earlier, I had to learn that there were nuances to how I, I needed to be in spaces and how I needed to respond to things. Mm -hmm. Where it whether mm -hmm. it be with men, whether it be with Girls, I remember when I was 10 years old, my mom told this story. I think I, if you are, uh, if you listen to my YouTube, my mom tells a story. Um, we did a mom, a YouTube mom tag, which was super, super cute. Um, I did an interview with her and then a mom tag where we got a list. You remember on YouTube, they used to have a list of questions that you asked with your mom and y'all both answer them or whatever. So I did that with my mom. And one of the stories she talks about is when I got in a fight with, with my I was like 10, so she was like like one of my last, not my last girlfriend, but like my second to last girlfriend when I was 10. And I liked her because I liked her brother. <laughs> and so she, I made her my girlfriend so I could always have an excuse to go over to her brother's house, <laughs> to their house, to see her brother. And so when I didn't want to be her boyfriend no more, honey, she got aggressive and violent and wanted to beat me up and pulled me by my hair and swung me up against the wall. <laughs> oh. Wore me out. Oh. And when I and when I got up and fought her, everybody just went off on me as if she did right. not just swing me up against the wall. Right. Right. Uh, I'm talking about legs up against the air uh, in the air. <laughs> not not <laughs> Not pushing me, but literally grab my hair and swing my whole body and slaying my body against the wall like I'm a rag doll. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about a regular. Oh, she just pushed. This bitch, <laughs> Mrs. Trunchbull. <laughs> Mrs. Trunchbull slamming me. She was taller than me, bigger than me, slung me against that wall. And I was so angry and got up and got to bash at her. Boom, 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 boom. And honey, they, they would, you would have thought that I was fucking Ike Turner. <laughs> the way they were responding to me, defending myself. Yeah. And so I had to learn that there was a nuance in how I show up in the world as a boy and then how I show up in the world as a girl. There was tons of girls that I wanted to bash in high school, tons of girls that I wanted to bash in college. But I knew based on my youth, I could not do this because you are a trans woman and they are going to respond to you like you are a man. They're not going to respond to you like this is two girls fighting. 
They are not going to, even if she is bigger than you, mm-hmm. even if she is bigger. I remember this girl while I was in, while I was in, um, I, I was, I was working at this, um, this plant and honey, she was six fucking two threatening me, talking about beating my ass and just like going in on me. And I was sitting there thinking this big ass bitch, I'm going to have to really tear her ass up. <laughs> But I know for a fact, even if she is bigger than me, they are not going to give me the grace of as if this is two women fighting. This is going if I get if she if she could punch me in my face. And as soon as I start fighting her back, it not only is going to be like, oh, my God, why are you hitting a woman? It is actually going to give men license to even jump in and fight me. Mm-hmm. I've seen that as well. Where, oh, Previously, I might not have done it, but now that you are a dude fighting a woman, I can come in and beat your ass because you really a dude. It's like that gateway. It's like that gateway. Like I, I really want to do this, and now you've given me a reason. Thank right, you. right. And so I've seen that happen many times. One thing I will say, social has been a surprise over the years with transitioning is the low expectations that the social structure and some people influenced by have for black men right like i that actually has been a shock that people are like you know your abcs you know how to talk you know basic ass shit i've run into that especially out here in like white land but like even in other places too um and the extra love sometimes that is given to cis-assumed black men, particularly from elders, from older black women. That was a surprise to me, um, particularly when I moved back home into a chocolate city setting, uh, because the world is way more harsh than I thought. I mean, I mean, I knew the world was harsh on black men and boys, folks assumed to be. I didn't, I didn't understand the level. Like, it's a different, it's a different rub, right? It's a different rub than what I experienced as a black woman, as a dark skin masculine, very queer looking ass black woman in the world. For you two, what has been the difference when it when you bring not when you bring race into it, but just like in terms of your experience as black women specifically and how the world treats you or how you navigate or uh, you know within the community and outside the community. Like because for me it's been very pronounced. I will say as like a trans masculine person like the shit is you know being a black bitch at your job as a woman is very different than people just being like you are just angry and you are aggressive and you are violent that's a different that's a different kind of to your point diamond in terms of how people respond to people who they want to label as male right it's like it's you aggressive period period I think why I don't see the distinction as harsh as you. I think it's a difference between our upbringing. Mm -hmm. I come from a hood ratchet fighting ass girl family. Mm -hmm. You seem to come go to uh, like a more respectable girl. Let me be clear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes and no. Right. Like I was socially. And. We were poor, working class people. I had socially middle class black opportunities mixed with the hood stuff opportunities. So I was kind of at this intersection 
of things. Yeah, I definitely have siblings that will whoop your ass. I'm not the person that I'm gonna fight. I can fight if I need to, but I can call some siblings. I can call some cousins. So I was around it. I was in it, but so you know, it's nuance. It's nuance. So yes, and you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. You know, and I think it's the politics of where I'm from too, where it's like you know, people will give you this energy who are gangsters. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? If that makes sense. So we weren't at yeah. no intersection of nothing middle class yeah, at I mean, all. We no, were, it wasn't middle class. Let me be good. We weren't middle. <laughs> You know you talk about your aunts. You know you talk about your aunt about like hood bougie mm-hmm. and people that's name. My mom kind of was like that, but that wasn't the reality of the situation. Yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. You, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't the reality. You know what I'm saying? Like I we, just you want know, you to know government that cheese, all that shit. You know none of that. We weren't nowhere near it to even <laughs> pretend to act like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 100. That's 100. So every every girl in my family were fighting, uh, were fighting ass bitches. Like mm. I remember coming outside to my mama on top of somebody bashing her in the back of the alley yeah. of our of our project apartment. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. fight, my yeah. mother fighting, my aunts fighting, people fighting around me, women fighting around me was not abnormal. It was not abnormal. I'm not saying like women fighting. Let me be clear. And also like like one side of my family is definitely more so like that. The other side is from Chicago. It's a whole different ballgame. But not so much about the women fighting, but just like how the world is is treating you as a black woman versus how the no, world no, no, no. is treating so Oh, okay. The yeah. point that I was going to make was yeah. that as a black trans woman coming into the world, and me seeing how my mother's maneuver, um, um, that aggression, that it was literally the same thing except what it was blamed on. I got you. Uh huh. I got you. My mother, my mother's aggression, my mother, mother, my grandmother, my aunt's aggression was blamed on their race. It was blamed on their um, socioeconomic status. It was blamed on their fathers not being there. Nobody mm-hmm. taught you how to be ladylike, so you had to be tough. It was blamed on these things. My aggression was blamed on my assigned male at birthness. I got you. <laughs> it was blamed on me being born a male. That's why that aggression is coming from you. It's it, mm-hmm. it, the how people responded to us was exactly the same. It's just why the they said the reason was going to be different from them. Why why they thought I was like that. And so and the consequences. That, and, and the what about like, what about like, what about like work and stuff like in other and other spaces like when you no it you seems like, like it's exactly the same. same same microaggressions the way the way my mother described her situation with different people at work. Um, except the difference is that if, if my transness is known, there's going to be some homophobia in there. But when it comes to like, it's the same as race, it was, if you were read as a man, you I've read, never you worked. Really had that yeah. Right? I never, I never, but what really about for you? What about you, Leah? Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause have I worked as a man? Have you, yeah. Have you been in any like work experiences, school experience prior to transition? Like, yeah. Prior to transition. Oh, okay. So. I've never identified as a gay man. Um, and, but I did prior to transition, I did, 
Or or perceive perceive it. It. I identify right. as a yeah. straight fake one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a straight fake man. <laughs> a fake straight man. <laughs> hey, my girlfriend went oh, to so wow. many different schools that I wasn't at. I had convinced everybody. And then when <laughs> I tried to play the role, it was like they, it was like they <laughs> brothers was like, bitch, I know this is the kind. But I'm okay with you. Uh, how do you say your name? That ain't how you say it. Say it in more masculine. Oh, you ain't standing up right. You standing mm. for one leg, then it stand up straighter. Oh, you just all of these microaggressors before because I was always super okay when I say cunt. I was super feminine and soft. Uh, my mother is a white woman, so I seen her um, display her femininity. She she wasn't in any fights. She and when she was gonna fight, it was to defend me. She was always very um passive. The way she got by as a woman was by conforming to the social constructs of what a woman is supposed to be. But she also spoke her mind also. But um, so I kind of like as a trans woman try to take that on uh in a way in certain things like not take all of it because I, I i did uh see some of it as uh problematic especially as a black uh, coming into the world as a black woman because mm. i would hear how black people would talk about my mom and white women are passive and they are ran over and and all these other things so i never wanted to take on that attribute as a black woman and think that a man could run me over um so i tried to like um i don't know i tried to i tried to create my own version of what a woman is to my eyes in in my mere existence is in a rebellion i feel like but i i've been trying to mold it in some type of way but i don't know if that answers your question I do want to say yeah. this about your mother being white. I think there's a very big distinction between mixed race children who mothers hard distinctuous black from your birth. Wait, compared, what? What do you mean? Like, um, so there are children, mixed race children, who their white mother is very, 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 very... Um, adamant in making you like quote unquote colorblind or some shit yes but then there are certain white mothers that say you are a black child right right Mm -hmm. they don't they don't they don't they don't play the whole oh you can be just as black as you are white they don't play that game right right right. they they say you are black (laughs) (laughs) and you got to navigate the world as black because people gonna treat you bad or people gonna right. do some shady shit to you because right. we live in Waco. Because we live in da, 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 da. the world for real. Right. right. And so there are certain white mothers that are very dis- that are very clear about you are a black person going up in the world. So we got I gotta teach you in a certain way. I gotta do your hair in a certain way. I gotta do da 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 right. da. But then there are other white mothers who it just is more gray or more whatever. You can be this, you can be that. And I think there's a dis- a very distinction between mixed race children with with white mothers like that compared to yeah. mixed race children with white mothers like that. The ones that that are kind of colorblind and weird, 
I never connect with them. But the ones that their parents, like, you know, my cousin Kiki, Kiki Wyatt, her mom is white. But there was never any kind of, of with her brothers and, and her, there was never any kind of, am I black or white? It was never any of that. It was, mm-hmm. we are black. What are you talking about? We, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? It was never any kind of question of their race. Yeah, that's real. And I think it was, I think there's, there's a very big, there is a big distinction between mixed race children who come up with a mother like that compared to a mother that's like, oh, you can claim to be white too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, mm, I think it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. I've never heard, I've, from my experience as a biracial black person, I've never heard, I haven't seen it. I've, I haven't seen white women like be, tell their black children that you can be white. I haven't seen that before, but I'm pretty sure it, has, it has happened where, you know, the, the maybe the biracial child is, is like it, their color is, is, is more like whiteness than it is blackness. So I can see some people doing that, but I've, I've never seen it. But my mama was not like that. I, I've said it on the show before. My mother um, definitely educated us about what it is to be black, but she was also taken advantage of by um, her people she was she trusted to guide her um, black children because they felt like she didn't know what she was doing. I don't want to. We don't have time to do it now, but I think that's an interesting. Um, I, I've been this has been rumbling around in my head when we talk about privilege because um, I don't want to talk about it now because we don't have enough time, but something we can talk about maybe next week or whatever. We talk about the intersections of identity and and how one identity can, can be make, can be really, really disadvantages. Like how do you measure which identity is stronger? There's some situations in my mind that I can think of that I'm like, ooh, I can distinctly tell that this is benefiting me because I'm light-skinned. But then right in this scenario, I can see a situation where, oh my God, I wouldn't be going through this. I wouldn't even need this benefit if I wasn't trans. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's, there's like a... Yeah. I, this is, this so is the, the, I mean, is the question like that, um, is, is the question navigating um, the privileges and how do you know uh, which privilege you're actually accessing during that time, like what you're benefiting from and how do you engineer? How do you, everybody playing the, and I know we don't like to play the oppression Olympics, but people motherfucking do it. And so how do I, how do I, and if I'm supposed to check my privilege and I, I always think of like, hmm, how do I know which one of this is? For example, and there's a situ- there was a situation when I, my very first semester of college where I felt like the ladies in the office, the financial office, were being tired as fuck to me because I was trans. Uh-huh. And they were not giving me any kind of way to waiver my out-of-state fees, so I was gonna have to wow. drop out. They weren't there. They weren't doing what I heard about. Like literally, people were telling me. Other students were telling me that, oh, they let me do this to waive. Like they were finding right. ways to get around it. And I'm, I'm hearing 
what these women are doing for other people, but they're absolutely refusing it to do it for me. And so I'm sitting there like, oh my God, this is about my transness. Like this is like, I'm thinking this is about my transness because they're being weird. So what else am I supposed to think this is about? You feel what I'm saying? If you're doing it for everybody else, male, female, no matter what, and you're not doing it for me, ain't I'm supposed to, th wouldn't you think that it's because it's my transness? If I'm, if, if males are telling me that they're getting away around these fees and females are telling me they're getting away around these fees, but when I come, you ain't got no way around it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. Literally left the office. Now, wait, wait, wait. So just to give more context, it is, it's basically these windows <laughs> that you go up to and it's like four windows and there's four secretary, not sec, I don't know what they are, but like a minister assistant, the person who's typing the shit in for your right. stuff. And so all of those women at this, at these cubicles were, bl at, were black and dark skinned black women. And so right in that moment, I didn't think about color at all. I thought about my transness because who I was seeing getting the benefit, it didn't matter their color. It, it was, it, or their gender. It was me. I felt it was my transness that was fucking me up in this situation. I felt like they were not helping me because I was trans. I walked down the stairs and went out the door of the business office of this, the office, the financial aid office or whatever. Yeah. And a woman, when I, as soon as I came out of the door, as soon as I came out of the door, a tall, light-skinned, cisgender woman comes out of the, out of the building and say, hey, Diamond. And I say, yes. And she says, come on, sweetie, come here. She takes me up back to where I was <laughs> in the office. Yeah. Back to the office, brings me back, opened up the, because there was a door that you can't get back there to the office. She opens up the door and takes me back to her office in the financial department, closed the door, sits down, and she says, sit down, sweetie. She looked, she got, she asked me for my social security number, pulled my stuff up, and she pulls up and say, Okay, she was like, you're trying to get your um, your out-of-state fees waived, right? And I was like, yeah, because I won't be able to afford to go to school if I don't get them waived. I got enough money from FOSFA to pay for this if they waive the, the fees. And she says, okay. Yeah, them dark-skinned bitches is not trying to help you. And it's because you light-skinned. <laughs> uh -huh. And in this moment, I say, what kind of colorist shit is this? This is weird. Like, be in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because uh, right, right, I'm right. raised by a brown-skinned woman mm -hmm. who has been very, very diligent about me not perpetuating colorism stuff. Color, mm -hmm. that we wouldn't call it colorism back then. We would call it color struck. Color struck, um, right. color struck shit. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, this is a black school. Why am I dealing with this? I guess I understand my country bucking ass, bucking ass rural family, but I thought I was going to a black school. We are black. What is happening? Because right. I didn't understand. You get what I'm saying? I was a fucking, you know, 18 year old kid. Yeah. So I didn't understand. And so I'm like, what? I thought I wouldn't in my brain. I'm like, why would I have to deal with this here? Why would they do this to me because of color? And then you doing this 
like we got some weird ass light skin camaraderie. This all this shit is weird to me. <laughs> right. All right. this shit is right. weird. Right. Now right. I now, I didn't say shit because I wanted her to wave my motherfucking fees. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. all this shit is weird to me. And she waved yeah. my fees. I went back up to them ladies. One of the them ladies that didn't and I gave them my social security number and they see that it was waived. Mm-hmm. And they didn't say nothing. They gave me my little papers to sign and da da da. I'm I'm in right. school. Right. And so right. in that situation, I'm like, I saw my light skinness being a privilege because that light skinned girl came out and she, she felt that it was because of what I, what was happening to me. Them bitches was being shady. I thought it was my transness, but I, I didn't know what it was that benefited me in that situation. Looking back, mm. I know my so life is benefited, but so, I, okay. what was you about to I'm say? Sorry, go ahead. So, okay, so Diamond, basically what you're saying is, but, but based off the example that you're giving, you thought that you one of your privileges was being activated in a, in a in a sense, or or no, you thought you were being discriminated in a sense. But then when you go back with the lady, you're thinking that okay, this is something else than what I think it, it thought it was. It's actually a cut a skin color type of uh, issue, and so now that goes back to your question: How do you gauge? which privilege is being used or which um, intersection of your identity that you're being discriminated against. Right, right? But, but I think that she was wrong. I don't think that she, I think that because of her relation to those women, she was on color in her brain. Mm-hmm. But my relation to those women and watching to see who benefited from them, it wasn't about color because I saw light-skinned girls getting there um, their fees wave too. Mm, okay. So from my perspective, I felt like it was a trans thing. Mm-hmm. But the benefit of getting, but what got me the benefit of getting my fees waived in mm-hmm. this scenario was colorism. Was her this color alignment that she had with me? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why she came and got me. Mm-hmm because she saw what was happening. Like before I even knew who she was, I see her behind these women and see them talking and see them do, like my tranny senses went off in my brain. That says something is wrong and they are doing this on purpose. This ain't no regular shit. And I think it's because I'm trans. They don't want me to go here. This is my first year. I'm like, this is what I think is happening. I just couldn't prove it. But her, with the cisgender woman, in relation to these women, there probably is a whole history of right. weird color shit with them. Right, right. In this exactly. office. Exactly. And so she saw what was going on. She read it from her perspective and came and got me. And so in that scenario, the benefit was the our color camaraderie, right. but also... I wouldn't have needed that benefit if they if my transness wasn't already marginalizing me. Right. Right. So I so why I give that scenario is like it's hard for me to gauge sometimes which one is stronger. Like which like which one is like even 
I don't know. It's hard for me to explain this. It's, it's hard for me to gauge which one is the one that is affecting me. And yes, they're affecting me all at the same time, all at once. But sometimes I can't tell which one, which scenario, which one is really affecting my life. I can see so many negatives with being trans. Yes. Is there some, is there some situations that my color has benefited me? Absolutely. I know specifically some situations, but in how men treat me, in how you get what I'm saying, but my transness is a is a hard motherfucker. That there's some, a lot of shit that doors close with me because just because I'm trans, whether I'm light skin or dark skin or not, you get what I'm saying, dark skin trans, light skin trans, whatever. And so sometimes it's hard for me to gauge how beneficial that is or how um, negative transness is. Because it just, you never know which one is is kind of at play. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think there are some times where it's hard to gauge, but then there's some times where you are spot on the money. You know which one is getting you through and which one is keeping you back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting, too, because um, in, in this world where folks see black boys as grown men to be killed mm-hmm. being a sense assumed unless we with our people for uh, the time then people be like uh you gotta pussy um by like police and shit where i lived in um i've lived in a couple places that were like hot beds like progressive white people bullshit and had interactions with police it's been my transness that I've been able to say I'm trans that would change the whole fucking dynamic from them treating me like any other nigga off the street. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? Like I've been held up by police ready to try to whoop my ass. Piss the fuck off. Do you think it's your transness or you being AFAB? No, it's my transness. Me dropping that I'm trans changes the dynamic because they're afraid of the white people that's gay and trans because I'm living in a place where to be trans is like a thing and with the government and it makes everybody look good and everybody's like, we want to be trans friendly. When I pull out that I'm trans shit, they don't want to be fucking around no more. They don't want that smoke because if I'm plugged into, you know, I was at the thing with the LGBT liaison from the police the other day and, you know, they don't want that shit. They don't want them problems, Mm. right? Because they, they, they are positioned themselves now this is not everywhere i'm saying in very specific situations you know like i'm in seattle cop pulled me the fuck over he's like uh you know your plates are inspired and that's actually not the best example but i was able to be like hey like i'm trying to get my name figured out my gender marker shit back in wisconsin it's held up scott walker's the governor it's fucked up he was like oh i'm so sorry that you happened to deal with that oh my god that's what's delaying me getting my id they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like, well, keep it moving. Make sure you take care of this shit. Or when I've been healed up, cops, 12 cops around me ready to try to whoop my ass for yeah. an hour over, uh, over you know, a place expired in Wisconsin. The scenario ends after wasting my fucking time and intimidating me and threatening me and traumatizing me with have a good day. Mm. Make sure you take care of that. And I you think sometimes, saying? absolutely. And I think sometimes it's the, it depends on what 
it depends I mean, on what the person hates more because there could be scenarios where you telling you trans if they more racist or more transphobic than they right, are racist they could respond to negative if or if a, if a home another element especially as a trans woman I, I I had definitely have been in situations um, that you're talking about where if I queen up, like if I, hey, honey, I'm fierce. If I queen up, the cops will calm down. Mm-hmm. Dev, I talked about that before. Yeah. But also, if why I just queen up and not the trans thing. If it's a creepy ass fucking cop, it can get me sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I say I'm trans, it can. It, if he's a creep, like if he's a tranny chasing creep, it can turn into, ooh, if you suck my dick, I'll let you go. I won't give you a ticket. Do you see what I'm saying? No, I've been in situations exactly like that. that. Where, I yeah, see exactly you, where, listen, I see exactly where you're saying. It, it's kind of like um, this particular situation with the 12 fucking police, where the, the, the two cops that pulled me over, one man, one woman, they own it, whatever. Now, when I drop that I'm trans, now you got all these male cops around me. Your policy says that you're going to have to switch this shit up, potentially, because if I was a woman, you was going to have to bring out, you, you, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it fucks with them. Yeah. If you're in the, if it's safe enough to say so, right? Like, obviously, I had to gauge that situation. Um and well, I didn't no, say that. I didn't yeah. say that to rebuttal you as in. No, 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 I know, I know, no, I'm I know. Just another, I know that for another sure. example, too. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't think that at all. But you know, I was just. Yeah, it's 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 just it's a mind fuck, yeah. right? Because it's like you know you got to protect your safety, right. right? So if I know I'm in you know the home of progressivism in America, in Madison, Wisconsin, and I'm being fucking followed around for several days by the fucking police, you know what I'm saying? And actually, I had a scenario where, uh, like, I walked out the store with the wrong bag, and uh, instead of the store just calling me. Cause I bought the shit with a credit card and they had my shit. The cops like followed me around for a couple fucking days. Cop sitting in my fucking parking lot. I come home. He's like, Hey, are you, you know, your name? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, well, you know, these small businesses, they work really hard. They don't need people stealing their shit. You know, you know, I could charge you with just, you know, him and me to fuck up. Mind you, I'm kind of fucked up because this is around the time where I dealt with the sexual assault shit and my hormones were off because I had to take, Plan B, essentially. So I'm fucked up. I'm real pissed because right now it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like all these things, like you said, like all these different things are a motherfucking plane. Is it safe in this moment to tell this person this? You know right. what I'm saying? In in Madison, where we're so progressive and all these kind of things. Um, but yeah, it's it, for all black people, trans, not trans, whatever. Everything is situational. Everything is situational. Every fucking moment it depends on. The dynamics in that situation is it safe to out myself if I'm in that situation as a trans masculine person, right? Because again, little baby boys, Tamir Rice is 12 years old, right? So if you look at Tamir Rice as a 12 year old, and this is how masculine center folks get caught up in this shit too, right? Masculine center women, right? Get caught up in the same kind of dynamics where it's like, or similar dynamics where it's like the cops think they got, they caught themselves a nigga. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We called ourselves a nigga today. You know what I'm saying? A nigger with an eat hardy are. Yeah. But then that's where, you know, the, the sexism and the patriarchy and the misogyny kicks in. If 
oh, this is a little different. Yeah, how do you and that's the whole, engage in that and, and navigating the nuance of all of those different identities? That's some real shit, now. When that's it benefits. And, okay. you know, sometimes it's hard for me to, um, I, I hate that the colorism really, really be stumping because it's because we black and think about, um, I, I want y'all to count. I want y'all to think about the people, all the trans women who are stars, black trans women who are stars. Are they light skin? Are they light skin or dark skin? The majority are dark skin. Right. And so while I know colorism exists, how do I explain that? I can I, I guess it sounds like tokenism, but go ahead. I have some thoughts. I have a couple of thoughts. What's your thoughts? I think that when it But it, it it could be politically correct. It could be a lot of things. Tokenism or being political. I'm sorry. I think with the social structure, with the social structure, right, the white social social structure of what their norms and how they, you know, we decide we're going to honor this or acknowledge you as a person, <laughs> all that shit. I think for them, it goes with their narratives. It's connected to, I think because they think about it's, I think it's easier to sell tragedy for white people if a person's dark or skinny. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the it's money, when the money, when the money came for trans shit fine. after the marriage shit, and the money started flowing in a way that it never flowed before, <laughs> or you know what I'm saying? Like when you look at some of that money for a second, not now in the same way, but a lot of it was like wrapped up in very fucked up shit in my opinion, it wasn't long-term thinking about how do we develop um, institutions, foundation, like foundational shit, like invest in trans people versus telling a lot of tragic-ass trans stories. Mm -hmm. So we can say that we give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? And so like that, because that's not long-term. The one-off is helpful, but it's not long-term. And within our community, we have people who are qualified to do all kinds of shit run our own shit, do everything. Why Why? Why did that investment, that investment didn't happen the way it should have, especially on the front. I think it's changing now. But when that after marriage and that money started flowing, it flowed in a very particular way with a very particular narrative that wasn't necessarily about building any kind of long-term infrastructure for black trans people. And so that's what I that's what I kind of mean with like some of the shit with the performative nature of shit. And I also think because the Black Lives Matter shit happened around the same time that this has happened, I think it just is kind of hand in hand with this performative ass shit. And I live in like, you know, one of the capitals of performative white people like Seattle, this area, like the Bay Area, Madison, Berkeley, you know, what I'm saying Austin ish, you know, what I'm saying like when you in a hyper performative areas where a lot in the money like it, it 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 gets a little fucking weird it gets a little fucking weird and so i i do think with some of the social you know shit around like more visibility of trans people i don't think this is the only factor i don't necessarily even think it's the majority of the factor but i do think it's a factor in the mix with just what has been happening in popular culture and I think in our culture, in our demographic, everything is going to be extreme. 
the performative and the harm. So that's why you're going to see them being dominated as the murdered. Yep. And you're going to see them being dominated as the tokenized, as right. Mia, as Mia, Mia right. said earlier. Where's the nuance? Where's the reality? Right. Right. So exactly. that's why that's why we are seeing. Yeah, I was saying that. The be a <laughs> yes, and it, yeah. it, and that would to me that that makes sense to me. It makes sense that because of what we are as trans people, and they're so small numbers that those extremes are going to be more pronounced. The tokenism, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. performative, let's put, um, all, let's perform our uh, diversity and inclusion to its peak level and then the harm is going to be more extreme so yeah i think that 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 would be the cheat code because mm -hmm. the the because it would show up more in more dynamics in more extreme dynamics so we're going to see them be just as just as tokenized as they are harmed and that's why they're going to dominate both of them okay mm -hmm. that would make sense that explains yeah. that would explain it to me I think that a lot of the like a lot of the aspects factor in and like depending on how they factor in it, it goes like your quote unquote luck, like with the, the performativeness, the color, the color, colorism, the, the, the PC of it, all mm -hmm. of that, depending on how it's gauged and put and, and put together that de determines whether or not you get the spot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, That's what you I just, you know, I just wanted to, I, th then I was going to have another subject, but because of time, I'm going to make that portion of the, what I brought to the table. I just, I, I, I didn't, um, I, I had, I, I wanted to talk it through with people because I tried to, I didn't, in my own brain, it, it was kind of like, mm, I don't know what's the value in this conversation but i don't know it's not really about value it's about i wanted to just explore it and talk about it and so yeah i think that's the explanation um tell us what y'all think y'all tell us what y'all think about um the differences that you um what was shocking <laughs> what was shocking about some nuance about your transition and and what are some of the um, reasons why you think that dynamic? Because it's not just with trans women, it's, it's with trans men too. The popular yeah. trans men are dark. Mm -hmm. Unless we're getting into like the, um, you have like your late You're actions. talking about the black community. Yes, the black trans, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, even the, the black stars. And so why can y'all explain why that dynamic is it why they are the most harm and the most um celebrated why that why you think that that, that dynamic is in our group as black trans people um mm -hmm. what's the you know why and so yeah hashtag marches plate and yeah Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme you a feeling and a high can never come down from. All right, so what has been bringing y'all euphoria this week? 
has been rest. I've been able to be back home and just relax. I made me some catfish on Friday, some fish on Friday. You know, you know, rest and just that regular, just chill. You know, uh, uh, being back home has brought me for you. Talk with a friend on Friday. You know, I was like, you know, I was feeling kind of down. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make you some fish. You know, make me some fish. Make something that home cooked too. I guess that's it. So you know, we got to kiki and cook and. You know that that brought a lot of euphoria and just being being in my own place. Um, I appreciated staying with some folks, um, especially being around other black trans people uh, during the heat wave. But it was just really nice to be back home. My euphoria would be um, so I started back reading the Bible, and I think that. It's beautiful and it, and it gave me euphoria because now I can give my own interpretation mm. of, of the Bible versus what other people told me. And it, like, as I'm reading it, like, I was getting nostalgia. It was, it's, it's been a beautiful experience now. Staying on tune with it because it has so many. Um, because the way it's written can be kind of difficult because you got to like, um, you got to like, because there's so many metaphors, you kind of got to really think deeper into certain situations than just to like the surface. But it, that was my euphoria for the week. Starting reading the Bible again and having my own interpretation for um, what God is saying versus what man is saying. My euphoria has been the feeling that my body has been giving me now that I have been working out for a little over a month. Oh. Yeah. Hey. I have I I have never not never. I have I haven't been under two hundred pounds in years. And I am now 295 pounds and when i started going to the gym i was 325 pounds and so i have lost 30 pounds in this wow in this month and congratulations it has been not necessarily the weight loss. Weight loss is cool. I don't feel like I could. I can't but really feel good in your yet. body. But yeah. the fact that I feel good and my knees feel good. I was doing something the other day and I was like, oh, I would be winded. I would be yeah. winded if I was doing this the other day. And I'm not winded. My knees doesn't feel bad. Um, I feel stronger. I feel my body feels good. And yeah. I'm not overdoing anything. I'm not. I'm not. I'm doing it when I want to do it. It isn't like I'm, oh my God, I got to go this day, this day, this day. It's no, if if it's a day that I miss, I fucking miss it. But I make sure I go, you know, back and do it. So I usually yeah. do two days on, two days off. So I usually do my upper body one day, lower body one day, rest for one day, rest for another day, and then back. And kind of go back and forth to there. But if I feel it, I'll go three days. It's just some weeks I'm going to do four days some weeks i'm gonna do five some weeks i'm I'm gonna do three it just depends but i have been very very consistent in getting my ass up at 6 30 in the morning and taking my ass to the gym and um 
um, I walk to the gym. I think I, t I talked to y'all about this. I walk to the gym, so I don't need to do any cardio when I get there. So when I get there, I immediately hit the weights. I don't do anything else. Immediately hit the weights and lift and really just do it the way I explained it the other day. And it really has been working out for me. And so, um, yeah, I feel excited about how my body feels. I feel excited about... Um, just how my body feels. That's what it is. It feels like my joints don't feel like um, they feel like they're everything feels like it's getting stronger and like, oh, okay, yeah. I can do more. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it feels like. So that's awesome. that's my youth. Well, phase. congratulations, Diamond, on your new journey. And bitch, losing 30 pounds is not that's fucking easy because I had to lose 10, 10 pounds. It's not easy. So congrats, mm. like, congratulations on your new journey. Yeah, it's it's I'm having a I'm having a ball. This is it it's turning into something fun and not just work because I'm not right. thinking of it being strenuous and being set schedule and I'm not I'm not dieting and doing stupid shit like that. I'm just kinda just I just wanna be stronger and so I'm focusing on that. Yeah. Yeah. So what is bringing y'all euphoria listening? Let us know. Hashtag Marchers Play and yeah, we will see y'all next week. Peace, y'all. Bye, y'all. <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Baby, it's gonna be all right.